welcome to an unusual episode of the Truck and Driver podcast because instead of recording remotely, I'm currently sitting beside Chris Madison in his car, or his pickup rather, on the way to Newcastle to pick my car up because I've just dropped off the Iveco Stralis 570XP with him and he's going to have it for next week. So we just thought we'd try and record some stuff here instead so we don't have to do it on Sunday night like we normally do. Where are we again? Coming up behind us. Ripping. Ripping. Now we just passed Alfred Hymas's place. Aye. Brand new. Cindaby. Brand new custom made facility. Quernal Cath used to be here somewhere. Yeah, because we're on the new three lane section of. Well, this would have been dual carriageway not that long ago, wouldn't it? It were about a quarter of a mile that way. Across to the left. Uh, you lose sense of where everything was after, you know, after a couple of years of change, you can't just quite place where you used to be. But. Is that a dreaded 490? That is a 450. We've yeah. just passed a Scania R450 top line because, again, we were still um, discussing what the best Euro 6 truck is to buy and all the perceived wisdom is for like value for money and fuel economy, it's an R450 Scania. Because you do also get the 490 and we asked the question the other week, are they good or are they bad? And half of you said they were good and half of you said they were terrible. Oh, there's a version 1 FH12 going the other way. Yeah, and then the Scania R520 is a bit, um, they, they don't have a, a hugely positive reputation either compared to the other ones. But it doesn't matter anyway because coronavirus, as of the time of this podcast, is shutting everything down. All the football's been closed, all the events, well, we don't know. Because you've got Tipex, the CVE show and Truckfest all coming up and they're all going ahead at the moment, but... It certainly shut me down. Any ideas I had about buying something in the next month or so has now gone on hold because if I'd just signed up for a great big chunk of finance, then we end up parked up for a month or more. So, fortunately, all my dithering this time has worked in our favour. I could probably manage to stand a month currently without earning, but then after a month, the shit will hit the proverbial. I can't see like a lot of transport shutting down completely because obviously the retail supply chain is going to be quite hard pressed anyway there's going to there's going to be a lot of slack that needs to get taken up because people keep panic buying things what the last thing i did this morning with the stralis before i dropped it off to you was i went and ran a trailer load of bottled water into costco at newcastle which was absolutely rammed full of people first thing in the morning and as I was pulling out, a load of toilet roll was coming in, and the guy in Costco said it was crazy with the panic buying. Like, people are unloading trolleys up with things. It's ridiculous. It's the height of stupidity and ignorance to be going and going and doing it. And not signing up to a Euro 6 truck with all this uncertainty on the go is a good thing. I mean, because that is, well, Denmark shut its borders and Spain shutting its borders and everything, apart from for freight. It's just if you want to go and, like, just go in there for the hell of it or for holiday, you can't do it. And you wonder what's going to happen with the UK in the next couple of weeks. Right. Are we going to shut borders off to anything that's not essential, you know? No, I think it's a bit late, really, border-wise. There won't be that much coming across anyway. Well, um, it's all the, all the returning bloody half-term ski trip types that will have brought the bulk of it back already, which is what we're seeing now, I'd imagine. So, I don't know. It's going to be, it's probably going to make things a bit difficult, a bit difficult. I, really, I'm hope, I hope that so the transport is able to keep running through it. I don't see why a lot of it would stop. I mean, obviously, 
we spoke through the week about containers and things if they stop yeah. coming in from China because they're not making stuff that could affect things but I mean countries need to keep running stuff needs to keep going in and out they can't just completely shut everything down but the panic buying is just ridiculous yeah and the frustrating thing is well I put a post on the Truck and Driver Facebook page this week having a bit of a moan about how people will be desperate for everyone to be in the shops and it would be nice if they would be nice to truckers and it's, it's, like four, it's reached 400,000 people and it's 2,500 shares for some amazing reason I can't work out um, but it's got much worse this week there's something serious brewing because drivers are not being allowed to access facilities in so many places. This has just been jumped on by all these companies to say, no, you can't use our toilets or anything. Yeah, well, it's quite a few places I deliver to. They've now, you know, got the coronavirus policies stuck to gatehouse, and it's, I mean, it's, it's pandemonium. It's ill thought out. It's ridiculous. You can't approach the forklift driver. You can't hand him your notes. You've got to leave your notes on a bench and withdraw two metres and he's got rubber gloves on and he's, you know, they're treating us as though we are the sentinels of death. I'm only going to be treated like I'm, uh, you know, I've got the black mark for so long well, and then I'm going to get barred from some more places. It? It's, really, it's really all the resentment and the intolerance of lorries and lorry drivers has been yeah. brewing for a while and this coronavirus stuff, it's just like somebody's just gone and bust the zit. Right. It's been festering for a while. So many places you cannot access anything. You're not allowed to do it, and it is ridiculous because you could walk into a McDonald's and the services and use their toilets. Um, I've been inundated with messages and comments on Facebook about all oh, this. Somebody said he got told to go and piss in a river. Somebody said he had to go and drive eight miles to go and use the services there, and it's an absolute farce. And yeah, this is like brewing up quite, quite horribly. Um, and I do wonder what the uh, upshot of it is, of it is it's going to be. I'm going to go in a, I've been trying on Twitter to tag people in. I've tagged Jeremy Vine and uh, the yes. RH, the, all the people from the RHA and things. I know people say, well, it's a bosses club. But this, all this about drivers not being able to access facilities, it's illegal. The HSE have said that. And it's so widespread that we can't allow it to become accepted and think that this is a norm. There's going to have to be some kickback against this. But it needs to be publicised to the nation that this is what's going on because everybody's going to want all their stuff from the shelves. The shelves are stripped bare. So the other trucks and the transport industry is going to have to go above and beyond the call of duty. We can't work from home. Well, I can technically work from home doing truck and driving, but that's on a side. I'd like to work from home. It's probably time I became a freight forwarder then and just did that or a dry stone waller or a porn star anyway what you were saying earlier about it'll be work to keep us all going to take the slack up I don't think it will because you know the supermarkets etc etc you know they're covered anyway the extra panic toilet roll is not going to impact on Morrison's fleet or Tesco's fleet to any significant effect so there's going to be no cream for anybody else what we are going to have is what we're already seeing where container firms are running at half cog they're going to want to keep as many of their full-time guys going as they can 
So they're going to start dipping into ferry trailer work, if that's what there is. Maritime will be sniffing around again, etc, etc. So I think really, every other sector apart from retail, it, it's going to thin out. It'll keep going, it has to, but it'll thin out and it'll thin out. And it gets to a point where it really isn't worth coming out at yard. If, yeah. we, if we went down to 50% capacity on, on what I do week in, week out, it really isn't worth doing. I'd just pack her up, suspend insurance, suspend road tax, and that'd be me. I'd just sit there and see what occurs in a, in a month or two. Because I'm not prepared to come out for 1,500 quid a week. It's, no. it's just not worth doing. Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's gonna be... And all we want then, he said ironically, is the usual solidarity, which means every bugger starts undercutting everybody else just to get the scraps. And instead of saying, you know, united front, bugger this, they won't. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's some of these big, some of these big companies might be going in and just to keep the wheels turning and things. Yeah. There has to be, you know, what they're doing. It's, going to, it's quite hard to predict. So the best and worst case scenarios. It's going to be so massive. If you're sitting, if you've just invested. You know, if you've just invested very heavily in buying a lot of Euro 6 trucks and you're sitting quite heavily leveraged and then this virus is going to be uh, shutting down and thinning a lot of things out, you know, there could be some casualties out of this. Yeah. You wonder about, uh, Stobart's made that enormous loss as well. Yeah. And they've taken out all these high interest loans and they're not really in a position to no, buy no. they can deal with any of this, you know. Well, the vultures are circling there for sure. Yeah. But you know that guy in our yard in the corner with the mercs that you saw today where you went around the corner to take those pictures? Yes. He is exclusively involved in events. He's got pull-out stages, you know, Tour de France, Tour de Yorkshire, all that, concerts, the rest of it. He's, you know, he's as good as, as finished. If the, you know, if the summer events, shows, etc. don't go ahead, he's done. And all the knock-on effect of that is your small operators, burger vans, all the, you know, all the stuff we take for granted at shows, they're not going to be there. They can't operate. You know. there's, a, there's a huge knock-on. Mm. There's like ripples that go for miles and miles of it. Because the company that owns Truck and Driver does a lot of events as well. Yeah. They're heavily involved in a great deal of things. And those events generate a lot of revenue for the company. Yeah. So if that's not there this year, then there's a knock-on next year whereby we won't have the budgets and the facility to do what we currently do. So, yeah, it affects every aspect of things, I hope. But they seem to be panicking worldwide. It's, there's that much crap going about on social media as well. There's people posting the, was it, a Japanese doctor says to sip water regularly to wash the virus into your stomach, mm. which will neutralize it and all this. I would recommend to anybody, if you're reading anything about coronavirus, on the internet or anything, don't just read it off your auntie's Facebook page. Go and Google what it is yeah. and try and find the source, the source for the information on it. Because there's a lot of nonsense. Somebody was saying that you'll feel like you're drowning in mucus, and somebody else is saying it's a very dry thing. And it's, oh. Yeah. Ah, the good old Nobody internet. Nobody knows, but it's oh, we can go and self-isolate, and a lot of people, like office staff, and everyone can go and work from home. But drivers cannot do that. Drivers have to go out. I mean, I'm. I have to be quite honest, I'm not bothered, I'm not worried by any of this at all. I'm, no. I'm worried about the business, I'm worried about the mortgage, I'm worried about all that, but the one time this week when I did think, 
Ooh, for the first time was Friday morning. Five to six, stockyard truck stop, communal shower. I just it just hit me, I thought, of all of all the things at the minute you really don't want to be doing, is standing in the shower block with another five blokes. That's what I, I had exactly the same thought, because I was at Orwell Crossing two nights ago. And I thought, right, I need to go for a shower. I got my bag and everything together. I was about to get out of the cab and I saw three drivers walking in with towels yeah. going into the shower. And I was like, I'm just going to stay here. And what I actually did was I went and waited till the morning, went out, um, collected the goods from Felixstowe, drove back around and went back into the truck stop because I still had my shower ticket. Yeah. And went in at eight o'clock and half past eight in the morning when it was deserted. Because yeah. I was like, mm, yeah. Yeah, but you've got to think, oh, you know, these blokes are going to do exactly what you're doing there. You know, you're washing your hair. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Well, you know, you go through the motions of washing your hair, you wash your head, whatever. Um, I mean, stock out to the credit, they fitted some really snazzy sanitizer gel containers as you go into the restaurant or you go into the bar, you know, so it's there, punch it, and you're in, and you're good. That's the only place I've, I've noticed where they've actually done something high profile, it's got a red light on it as well, it's there, it smacks you in the teeth when you come in. But the shower aspect and the toilets, there's nothing going on in there. You know, even a knapsack sprayer or something like that with foot and mouth. You think if it's if this is so serious, then communal places where you can have on a truck stop, you've got Italians maybe, Romanians, us, everybody that's been everywhere, all congregates in that one place and goes for a shower in the same spot. Like yeah, if it, if it starts going wildfire through drivers, then you know, then it gets interesting because there was somebody saying on Facebook that they were sitting in an RDC with twenty other drivers just yesterday, yeah. all packed in there. So if that then goes around drivers like wildfire, yeah. drivers who see other drivers, and then you've got nobody to drive the lorries, then you got a problem because obviously there is not a, a driver shortage of sixty thousand, despite what. No. It may be reported in the press, but there is only just enough drivers to do everything that's getting done at the moment. Aye. If you're listening to the podcast, you probably already see the stuff that's on Facebook, but to round up on that corona and facilities stuff, I am, I've had a lot of people message me and a lot of comments and what I'm going to do next week is I am going to get in touch with the health and safety executive and I am going to be forwarding all the cases of companies that are not allowing drivers to access premises um, and wherever possible I will name and shame them and I'm going to try, there's no guarantee I'm going to get anywhere, but I am going to try and get this out into the wider uh, the wider audience, the general public, all these people that are... Um, panic buying and all the people that don't want lorries anywhere, they want to chase them off but yet completely depend on them, you know, this is unacceptable and it's going to be an interesting few weeks. Oh, I'll just point out, one of those four Deathmax trucks was going the other way, where um, north of Scotch Corner now heading up to Newcastle to drop me off, because on a lighter note, moving to the fun part of the podcast, or the entertaining part, Finally got hold of the Iveco Stralis 570XP or XP570, I'm not quite sure what way around it goes. After much waiting, um, Iveco dropped it off in Newcastle um, and I went down there with the car, picked it up and I've been out in it since Tuesday night um, hauling for um, Oliver's and the truck has gone 
Stralis has uh, done really well. I said it was um, the most underrated truck on the market, and I maintain, I maintain that. You're going to have it for a week next week, and providing you can get comfy. <laughs> yeah, that might be a challenge. Well, the thing about the, the Stralis is it's very, very underrated, but it, it's by no means perfect. It does have a couple of flaws, one of them being the driving seat, the driving position. The seat is mounted far too high off the ground. I'm five foot eleven, and I've got to drive with air dumped out the seat. And even at that, I'm like, oh, I wish it was a couple of inches lower. I just, I don't understand. If you were like five foot three, you would not be able to drive one of these too easily. So hopefully you're going to be able to get comfy behind it. I don't mind the steering column adjustment, but if you're used to the daft, the Foden steering column where the steering will move to an almost vertical position, yeah. you don't get anywhere near that with the Iveco. And it's the same as with a Renault, you're sitting with a tabletop yeah. steering wheel. You feel in that, again, like you're sitting on top, not in it. Uh, you know, like you said, you did one, but, but yeah, with the steering wheel as far back as I need it, it's nearly in your ribcage. I need to be two inch lower and two inch further back, really, but it's what it is. I'll have to just get used to it, but... First, first view of the cab, it looks well appointed and well put together. Everything seems to be within arm's reach, so... Um, it's a shame I'm not motorwaying tomorrow. I'm, tre I'm trekking across the Pennines over towards Skipton tomorrow morning, so it's... Skipton, that'll be good. It'll be a bit dicey going up Billingworth out of Halifax at 43 and a half on my first trip out. I'd like to just point it down motorway for a bit and just... Get, uh, get your I hand get, in with uh, it. Yeah, get, get a feel for it before oh, I... It, it took me, because um, obviously I used to drive Stralises quite a lot. I did a lot of miles in an old 480, and then I got the gas truck that I put about 50,000 kilometres on before I got the truck driver job, so... I'm used to them in the kind of the Stralis, the certain bits of Stralis weirdness. I say so it would be ideal if you could get your hand in with it. But I think if you're going up Skipton or that, it should be quite surprising because they're really, it's a really willing performer. If that if that engine was fitted in a Scania, people would be raving about it. Yeah. About how good it was because it's unlike any other truck in that all your new Euro Six Step C and D stuffs really low revving. And it really wants to hold on to the revs forever. Whereas this Iveco, it wants to rev, the gearbox is really lively, <clears throat> the turbo boost off it's like something else. You really feel it come on, yeah. come on song. So it's like 52 mile an hour, it'll drop a gear into 11th, back up on the limiter. And if you drop it in 11th at the bottom of a hill, it'll go all the way up it on the limiter at 1500 RPM, right. which is completely different to any other trucks. I think you, I think there's a lot of stuff that you'll, you'll really like about it. You'll be like, this is good, but then again, I'm hoping that the, the, the flaws that are in it don't override it. Because it's a truck that does all the hard stuff brilliantly and then loads of easy stuff uh, uh, kind of falls down on. There's a, a huge blind spot at the A-pillar with the mirrors as well. But, I mean, aside from that, then it's really minor things. People slag yeah. it off for saying, oh, it's plasticky on the inside. But then again, so's a Volvo, so's a Renault, so's an MAN. Yeah. What are you... Yeah. Are you expecting? It is quite nicely screwed together and it's simple to use, isn't it? The Renault, because obviously that's the last truck that I've driven between uh, now and having the Stralis, and the Renault is far more complicated. Yeah. Like fiddling a bit with menus and things. Right. The, the Stralis is a simple. 
for yeah, well, things. Or? I remember with Renault, I had to go online, I had to go on Facebook and plead for somebody to tell me how to turn the sunbed bright dials down at night, I couldn't see. <laughs> and there's an odd little moon symbol that you can see if you stand on your head and turn around three times and um, promise your eternal soul to see it. And there it is, you can turn clocks down, but you'd never find it unless somebody else had found it. But we'll see, I'll have a day faffing around Lincolnshire in it on uh, Monday before we bang off up Scotland on Tuesday afternoon so it'll get the stain mower test mm. 26 and a half ton 27 ton usually with minerals going up to Cumbernault so I'll give it a good spanking up the same hill we had the Scania and the Renault up and we'll see where we are with it obviously they were smaller and they managed negligible amount under 10 to gallon so we'll see See if this big one drinks anymore. I think it'll be a bit heavier on fuel than like the Renault's, but then again, it, it goes like that. It does go like the clappers. Yeah. Um, again, the cab, the steering's really, really light on them, which takes a bit to get used to, but I do like it once I've got, got used to it again. Aye. And they handle really well, they sit so well on the road compared to your flat floor cabs. Yeah. The, the Stralis feels like you. It was a truck that, I have to say, it put a smile on my face being out in it. I was like, I do like it a lot, and it's unusual, it's rare, because you saw it in the yard today when I was doing it, that people are asking questions about it. Yeah. Oh, what's that? What's it like? You know, it's, yeah. It is rare, and apparently there's there's quite a few of these knocking about, and there's some amazing deals on them. Be careful if you're looking at one at Iveco, and you're signing up for a 69 plater, because it may have been built in 2017. Just so you're aware of that, you yep. know, make sure that, that you know what you're getting. Is there a bit of that going on? Uh, I mean, somebody had emailed um, Commercial Motor saying, I've just bought a brand new Iveco, and yes, I've got it in the plating certificates since it's 2017. Naughty. Which you've got to watch, which is fair enough if you know in the first place that that's what you're buying and it's heavily yeah. discounted. Yeah. But if you think you're buying something that's just come off the production line... Uh, think again. Yeah, it's one of these things. 570XP from my point of view I give it my wholehearted recommendation mm. but the deal's got to be right on it you know because the S-Way is about to come out yeah. now the S-Way is about to be launched at the CV show which is not going to happen I would guess I assume it's not going to happen so Iveco aren't going to be able to launch the truck officially at it I think they should just give one to me and I'll go and drive about in it for a week <laughs> and then I will get it out yeah. and loads of people will see it and all that the S-Way pretty much does sort everything Australis does, whether or not they're going to be able to market it properly and get out there so it can do for Iveco what the Range T High has done for Renault uh, to give it that kind of image boost. The MAN's looking a lot stronger. That new MAN has gone up a couple of, a couple of rungs in the ladder. So whether Iveco can do that, I dearly want them to because they get such a kicking and in actual fact it is such a good truck. I would love for the underdog to come in and yeah. Uh, yeah, I hope you have fun with it. I'm hoping that when you run up to Scotland that I've got deadline week for truck and driver. I go out and drive trucks for like a week and then I'm like, oh yeah, this is like a great laugh and then I'm like, oh shit, yes, I've got to go and edit the magazine All right. and get back to the day job. Well, we'll be passing again on um, Thursday, Friday, so I've got a load to tip in Lossy Mouth on Friday. The plan is, I'm hoping, seeing as like, if I can get the magazine done, I'm hoping that I can come out with the car and hopefully um, photographer Steve 
and go and catch it on the road yeah. and get some exciting action shots of it and get some shots of it on holding I could be starkers as well if you want <laughs> I'm always thinking about others it's my downfall it's my biggest downfall I'm too giving <laughs> bunk did you sleep in because I'll sleep in the, in the other one. I slept in, uh, I slept in the bottom bunk which has uh, the mattress and it's much better than all the other Stralises. I keep getting asked that because the mattress, the standard Stralis mattress, is another one of these things like Iveco not doing themselves any favours by making a mattress that's like lying on a snooker table. Right. Um, the mattress in this one's the upgraded version and I found it very nice. Do you want to tell us any more about that evening when you found out what it's like to lie on a snooker table? I woke up and I uh, felt like, <laughs> felt a great deal of pain in a certain area, and yeah. no no recollection of it at all. Somebody had potted the pink. Yeah, yeah and there, the was, there were snooker balls missing from the table. <laughs> yeah, one of those nights. Uh, yeah, yeah, my father he, he had to leave the Conservative Club in uh, Gawthorpe at Wakefield under a cloud of. Uh, <laughs> <yeah. clears throat> anyway, enough said about that. Better. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm uh, I'm also looking forward to hopefully being back reasonable time at least a couple of nights this week when we've got a bit of daylight so I can get on and get the front of that chassis on the Foden fit and uh, brushed up and painted ready for panels to come back and go back on in a hasty and rushed fashion next Saturday morning so uh, the old lass will uh, have a lipstick on. Mm, I hope that went well to me. No, I did enjoy the trucking. I had a good week as well. That's the second week I've done on General Haulage with all of us and it was absolutely fine. Where did I go? I picked up a, what did I pick up? I picked up a loaded trailer which had, what did I have on it? <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, it was um, wood shavings. I had a load of wood shavings on it, loaded front to back in the trailer, and I had to go down to a farm, and there was nobody there, so I had to drive the forklift. The next, the S&J haulage, I went in there, and I was allowed to use their toilet, and I was allowed to fill my flask from their, their hot water on. And then I went up to the next place, which was the plastic crate place, which was very tight to get in and out of. But the Polish guy in the forklift was absolutely sound. He helped us reverse back and get out the door. I was able to use the toilet there. And then the next day, I went and loaded plasterboard at a knife, and that was fine. I could use the facilities there. And then I went and did a changeover and tipped the water at Costco, and it was all fine. I've not had any problems anywhere. I've been treated like a human being all week. Charmed life. I mean, I get treated pretty reasonably, but I think being 18 stone and six foot helps on that score sometimes. Because <laughs> they really don't want to hammer it into the car park. But no, usually, I've, if they've I've got the protective fun. glass, if they've got the safety glass of the office counter, then you um, you will get some clever some clever buggers. But uh, uh, no, everybody's been all right to me all week during, during this so far. I don't know when I'll be back out again, what the next thing is that I'll go and drive, because I've had... I've had the gas Volvo, the gas Scania, and then the Renault, and then the Iveco, so... Next on my hit list would be an MEN or a... a DAF, I suppose. I've asked Mercedes a couple of times for an Actros, and they just ignored me, so... I don't really care about that anymore, that's fine. I drove one for a couple of days at Pollux, and it was like, yeah, oh, okay. So I, I think the yeah, next thing on my hit list, I'm going to try and get my hands on a nice DAF. They were trying to sell me a DAF. Motors and Scunthorpe when I was marooned in there uh, last week. Well, they tried and tried to find me an airbag for a, uh, a Foden, which proved hilarious. Yeah, um, of course, um, 
I thought an alpha is exactly the same as a daffer. Oh, exactly, so, until you need anything for it. Until you try and order stuff, it's all different. Aye. <laughs> it was yeah, the main bag from Midlift, um, Hendrickson. Oh, I've got one of those. That's handy. Anyway, yeah, one of these little factors in Scunny had one, so problem solved. And she's like, how long have you had this? You know, seventeen-year-old, blah blah blah. Oh, you'll be, yeah, you'll be looking to change. I says, yeah, we are, but I don't know what to do. Anyway, I got the daft hard sell, and I said, look, I'll save you half an hour. I've had, I've had a daft demonstrator. I asked for five thirty because that's what we'd have. They sent me a four eighty, which I said I'd never buy. So it was cursed from the off. She says, oh well, a lot of people. And I said, can I just? Shh. A lot of people aren't us. I wanted the bigger horsepower, I wanted a gear stick. He sent me a 480 and an automatic. It was breathless. My Foden pulls better pills than that does. And over the week, it matched it. MPG. Why would I then want to go get strapped up for 85 grand to do what I do now? And yeah, she just withdrew into herself and gave me a polo. Th that's the, the thing about um, Daft says that you need to, with the gearbox software as well, that it's no yeah. good for what you're doing to have eco mode and eco software. You need it all switched off and you need performance on the gearbox, right. which actually gives you better fuel economy and it'll actually pull like a 530 horsepower truck would. Because yeah. I got a message this week off a driver, and, um, I've just got a new 20 plate XF 530 and it wouldn't pull you out of bed. I got the eco turned off yesterday, it's not much better. And I also am unable to select manual gears or kick it down at all on the hills. And Daft said they can't change that due to Euro 6 regulations. Mm. I go to a lot of farm sites and forests and I hope it will not get stuck. Now, the thing is, if he's got eco turned off and he can't select his gears, I don't think he has he had eco turned off on it. It's the, it's the great complication of Daft's. It's like, you need to... Uh, you, they can't, that's a lie from the dealer. I've got emails from other dealers, like up in the north of Scotland, they just switch it all off. And it's like they're scared of switching the eco thing off. Isn't it's, the, like, it's designed for like supermarket trucks, it's not... I'm sure there's something that I've read about the latest Euro 6 ones that you can't do what you could do two years ago. I didn't pay over much attention. I think it was on Trucks That Shine or one of those, you know, the, having a natter about DAFs. And I just sort of glanced over it. And right. I, I'm pretty sure there's something now that you can't do that you could do previously. Obviously, DAF lad listening to this will be uh, all over well, this like a bad you, suit. But. Well, there's two different gearbox softwares. There's Eco and there's Performance. Yeah. And if you're hauling heavy weights, you need performance software on it yeah. and that doesn't mean that's not like running in power mode where it's using loads of fuel that's just going to make the truck behave properly you know yeah and you can also have access to manual gears on it you can have it you can switch the eco off so you can have access to manual gears for 30 seconds you can have it for an hour and a half and you can switch yeah. it off altogether this is um, I don't know if there's been a directive come through but you absolutely can do that but on the other hand, DAF still are at the moment doing a manual gearbox, so that's yeah. what I would want from a DAF because DAF manuals are just fabulous things to drive. Yeah. I love them. I love them. I think they're great. And of course, so is a 530XF with a Traxxon box with the correct software for the job. It's a matter of spec in the truck right. Yeah. And the dealers are just at it 
there has been a lot of discussion of late about DAFs mysteriously going off the boil with uh, MPG figures. I've been reading that quite a bit. More and more people have said, yeah, you know, it came new, it bedded in, it was doing nine and a half to gallon, suddenly it's doing eight. And a lot of other people said, yeah, ours too. Hmm, what's occurring here? So, it's software. Well, box, I think, but then if well, you're already getting the yeah. APG and then it drops, that doesn't make if any sense. They set sense. off well and then they drop off and they drop off quite considerably. Like, um, old Scanners, well, I say old, you know, so six, seven year old 560s used to do that, they used to go off the boil, but you used to have to get them set up. And once you got them set up, they were a different truck and they could be a Yorkshire mile off. It's um, and they're in the top end sets, yeah, yeah, uh, top set like ours, you can get. Scanners have to be top set. Well, I wonder if the DAFs are doing the same thing because these yeah, engines yeah. aren't new. The MX-13 and MX-11, there are yeah. the revisions on them. Like, that engine is very different to the one that was out from 2013 to 17. So maybe, there, maybe there's something in that. If you're looking at DAFs, then you need to get the gearbox software right. And if you get yeah. it right, the truck will work so much better for you because the DAFs have got a phenomenal amount of torque in them. It's just a matter of... Yeah opening it up and if the dealers are saying we can't do this and we can't do that yes they can they just don't want to for yeah. some reason they need to have manual demonstrators and I know they don't want to push it because manuals are like Ooh. Yeah. but they're so rare now that people who want a manual don't really have many options uh, but it's getting a hold of one to try it and uh, I think I said to you earlier before we were doing this I was, I was going to ask if anybody had a 16 speed manual I could just go and drive for them for a week Look, Garrett's got two of them. I wonder if his drivers go on holiday. I could go and do a week in the concrete pipes. He'd let me do that. Because they, they are so rarely found. And I really want to experience one and see what it's like above and beyond the automatic version. Because I don't really want to drive the one with all the fleet spec stuff piled on piled top of it. Because that's not giving you the full experience. No, I'd like to go in a 530 with a stick, I have to be honest. We'll see. I wouldn't be able to convince them to go and put one and put one out as a demo though, because I don't want to. I don't think they really want to. Um, they want to promote it. They'd much rather you bought an automatic. Ah, they don't want to uh, keep encouraging us and hillbillies to uh, cling on to the past. But I tell you what, the, that that Stralis, if that had a manual, that had a stick in it, that'd be amazing. But they don't do them, so it's like, you know, like our old Eurotech with knock off a box in. Bah, go make with a thing like that. I felt like a legend in that. It was a 340, but it pulled like a train. I came out of a 310 DAF. Um, it was first 95 in country, that. It were tired by the time I got hold of it, but... Um, a 95, 310? Oh, yeah, the very first, the yeah. Leyland DAF. Yeah, yeah it was e, E94 KCP. I drove it for Brocklehurst in Well, isn't it? Early one on your edge. And it was my first truck. Well, I, I had a day cab Iveco Eurotech on blue band parcels if anybody remembers blue band from Burstall they went bang but we used to run down to Forrester Dean every day and that was shoes down to Cinderford and back day in day out and then um, I got offered a proper job at Brocklehurst and I thought I'm gonna I'm off to be a proper trucker so I landed in the yard and got this black filthy greasy shunter that had um, had about 17 drivers and it turns out that it'd been new to Gagewell Transport and um They've been in their old green, uh, uh, green and white colour. So there's a picture of it hanging in Gage Wells reception at the time. And uh, Brocklehurst bought it and uh, painted it red. And then obviously a few of their lads had murdered things in it and had grease throwing parties in it. And, stuff. and then um, I got it and I was so excited, you know, cab happy that I took it home. 
that weekend and my old boy and myself and six gallon of star drops later it was somewhat like and I uh, first day off they sent me up to Pillins and Wilson's printers in Leith and it took me about eight hours to get to Leith in that because I thought like a genius I'll go call bridge I'll go to 68 why not 68 oh. that's the way I've always gone to Edinburgh car I'll go that <laughs> way and it, it ran out of puff in Jedburgh it died and it um, I couldn't get out of Jedburgh because the hill every time I went up it starved it of fuel and it stopped and it, I'd roll back down and then it'd start and I'd go up again and it'd stop and anyway the it, good old days and here's, here's uh, us complaining about eco mode automatic right. gearboxes and things eh? Daffy had <laughs> come out from Edinburgh and he says you'll never be keeping this long I says uh, I don't think they'll be keeping it long unless it's hard eat so he pulled stack pipe out and it was a gauze filter at the bottom of the stack pipe it was solid with rust and crap and twigs and you know bits of pallet and all sorts <laughs> so he took that out threw it as far as he could into edge backs and says right on your way and she was, she was right as rain, apart from she used to boil. If you went up a decent hill, she used to boil and antifreeze that come up through carpet and passenger side, which was nice. You didn't need air freshness, you see, because it, it, it smelled delicious. Yeah. But I've always liked dafts, especially like the dafts with that big Cummins in. But anyway, again, those days have passed, aren't they? So. The, the thing is, Packard going fit, I've always said Packard going fit the big Cummins signature engine whatever it's called now from America, 16 litre, no it's a 15 litre, 600 something horsepower, and that engine mm. would go straight into an XF, they could just mark it mm. up as pack, pack our MX-15 and not say anything, and they yeah. would sell, they would sell hundreds of them. Aye. People would love that, and they just don't, it must be like a Dutch thing, because miles. I think, you know, I, think they don't, I think it must be a Dutch thing, whereby they're not bothered about it, because it would be such a, oh, it would be so good to have an XF with that amount of grunt in it, you know. Right. I think I'm in love with her on Google Maps, you know. The, 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 who, the girl on Google Maps? Yes, I love her voice. I wonder if you could subscribe and, you know, when you were on a night out, you could get in bed, you could read you a story at bedtime. On Man, that note... <laughs> <laughs> on that note... Yeah. On that note, we're going to sign off the podcast for today. Hope it's... Uh, I hope the sound quality is okay on it. We're just giving it a go right. because... You know, it made sense to try and record the podcast when we were driving up the road. What else did we have to do? And if shows ever start again, and the zombie apocalypse doesn't happen... Yeah, um, we've got to go and prepare for this by giving this a go, so... It'll be handy to wander around with a, a view to doing this at shows, I suppose. Yes, that's it. We're hoping... I was on the Tipex on Saturday morning, the driver's day. Oof. We could have sat in there and um, recorded recorded something there. I was going to go to Ben out to come and do that and go and record it like professionally at it providing you know that any of this is going to any of this is actually going to happen but yeah if we could record using this little um, recorder then that would be handy. So I uh, right we are nearly at Iveco in Newcastle I need to get all my tramping kit out the back of this car and get it into my car and then I'm going home. And when he says all my tramping kit, he really does mean all my tramping kit. Everything he's ever bought since he passed his test is on the back seat of my pickup. I've never known anybody with as much gear. Well, to, well, to be fair, I've got my suitcase with my clothes on it, my bedding, I've got my oven, my gas stove, my kettle, my inverter, a bag of cleaning stuff, my boots. Um, black, black and Decker workbench. Have my hard hat. There's not that much food, I haven't been running like that heavy. Sort of that wise, I but... Uh...
You get a bit prepared for every eventuality. He's got a massive cuddly smurf. That's my cookie monster. <laughs> that's been in the that's been in the windscreen of many trucks that he's going a bit grey now like myself. Uh, why I we're in Braden on Saturday tea time, you know. Braden, eh? Aye, oh, Braden races. Get me more, I like you. Yeah. Uh, in an eh? Oh, we're gonna get some hate mail for this uh Folk get seriously hacked off when you Did start they? doing this. They doesn't like it when you're doing no, an accident. No, they love it. Nah, they love it. It's grand funny when you're doing somebody else's accident like, but you know, we're going to get chinned when they listen to this. Those Foster boys are going to be getting chinned. Thanks for listening to the Truck and Driver podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. To keep up to date with the latest news, 100% for drivers, visit truckanddriver.co.uk where you can also subscribe to the print edition of Truck and Driver magazine, which publishes on the last Friday of every month. The Truck and Driver podcast is produced by Sound Rebel. To find out more, please visit soundrebel.co.uk.